Hello everyone and welcome to Natural Expansion, the brand new talk show by me, Wardy. Um, obviously I'm Wardy, as I just said, and with me I've got two of the finest Terrans. It is Uthermal and Beastie Cutie. And I don't have my own stream muted, that's a bad start. What's up guys, how are you all feeling today? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Doing pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Excited for the Terran Circle Jerk. The Terran Circle Jerk. Yeah, we've uh, we've been trying, like, uh, Mark especially knows that um, I've been, like, trying all week or, like, for, like, for, like, a few days. So, since whenever I tried to decide to do this, to, like, find a Zerg, I've asked, like, pretty much the entire European scene. And they all managed to find a way to dodge, like, every single one of them. So it's been a bit, um, <laughs> it's been a bit uh, of a bit of a difficulty trying to get people to play, uh, to come along, but... Well, we're sort of here, so um, we made it. We're just gonna have a Terran Circle check. So that kind of changes. It kind of changes a little bit, kind of our plans. Um, I was initially gonna kind of do uh, kind of like a big TVZ discussion, but we'll just sort of bitch about queens instead, um, instead of having a discussion. <laughs> so, um, nice. so yeah. Uh, just before we kick off, I mean, how's how's everyone doing? It's just been WSS Challenger League. I know Mark was there. Beastie kind of just missed out, like really narrowly. I mean, kind of tough times, but. Yeah, I mean, I I was expecting to get in top 16, but just at the last moment, lost the spot, and, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, the ladder qualifiers are pretty brutal, really, especially if you're, like, right down near, like, number 16. It's like, it's like, do you play and maybe lose, or do you hit, like, a pro who just sits and does nothing all game for, like, 40 minutes and just sits with Tempest? It's like, it's really, like, volatile in, like, the last hour or so. It's kind of pretty crazy. Yeah, I love seeing the frustration. Like the first few days, everyone's just like playing normal, and the last two days, everyone pulls out like desperate all-ins and never GGs and stuff. No, that's what <laughs> happened to me. Like the the last game I played, I met a Protoss on Dusk that made bunch of cannons and didn't move out, and I killed his army. And I'm like, dude, and he just like sits with cannons. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah, it was it wasn't a May player as well, right? It was like yeah. Neep or something. No, it was Bales. Ah, Bales. Yeah. I'm salty. <laughs> all right that's well, what we're here for man. <laughs> the salty turn chat all right well um we are gonna uh, start today actually talk about uh, wcs challenger league and um, a little bit about the results and stuff so um i mean i was gonna talk about the like the format as well like so i mean we're kind of already talking about it, so i mean we may as well actually start with this so obviously wcs challenger league was very different this year with like being a ladder qualifier and stuff like that um I mean, what do you guys think about like it being a ladder qualifier? Do you think the ladder's a good place to have a qualifier on? Do you think it's like too volatile? Do you think other people being able to affect it can have too much of an issue? I mean, basically because you just missed out, maybe you're a good person to start talking about it. Um, I don't personally mind it. I see, like, I could see a problem, and like this is not why I didn't qualify. I didn't qualify because, you know, I just failed. But um, I see a problem if someone has to do something in, like, two days in the latter challenge thing, like, I don't know, a wedding, an emergency, mm. you know, case in, in a family or something like that. And if you miss out on two days, you pretty much are not going to make it into top 16 because you need to play so many games. So for that, I would prefer if it was at the end of the season. Like top 16 at the end of the whatever three month letter season, qualify for the qualifier, the top 16 later on, then the first seven days. Because I think, I think it's too volatile and there's like few players that, in my opinion, don't deserve to be there. But just the Ooh. way it is, you know. Are you going to hear some shots? <laughs> Everyone knows who they are. I don't think I need to, <laughs> to shoot at them. All right, all right. Yeah. 
Well, I just think most people want them want it to be a bit longer. Like the thing with the end of the season is Blizzard kind of wants people to start playing ladder, but they don't want to disturb practice for the big leagues. You know, like if you do it for like three months, then people would have to ladder through Dreamax and IEM and whatever is there, and they don't really want ladder to disturb the practice. I guess so. It makes sense to do it like this, but I still think everyone wants it a bit longer. But the schedule, especially now, is really packed in the summer, so it's really hard to. You know, organize something like that. What do you think about doing something like, yeah? Because you know, uh, Fear Dragon has his like ladder heroes event thing now, and now that's like sponsored by Blizzard. Do you think they may like incorporate that into like as like part of the ladder qualifying, like do it over multiple weeks and like add up points or something? Do you think that'd be a good idea or just? Do you think well, I mean, okay? it kind of leads to the same thing, right? Like if you yeah. do it like that, then the people who play every day on ladder will have the advantage over the people that prefer practicing for tournaments in customs or on a barcode or something so yeah it's kind of the same thing i like the thing is i i would prefer that way because i think what starcraft lacks is like constant wcs content you know like we have tournaments that's not the problem but if you remember last year and the year before we had like constant like three four times a week you know wcs uh you know challenger and then like code s or whatever you call it premier league and it seemed that there was StarCraft, high-level StarCraft every day, like the matches and stuff, but now it's just like LAN tournaments. And for me, like, like I'm talking this as a viewer, I would prefer if it's, you know, constant over time rather than like, oh, it's seven days of, you know, grinding and then two days of actual tournament and that's it. Yeah, it seems like for some reason tournaments are also like kind of getting to that. They just want everything as fast as possible, like even... For example, DreamX switched from groups and then a, a smaller bracket to just like 32 players single LM. Even IAM is doing 16 players single elimination. So I'm not sure why, but they just everything's been like a little less action and just like gets straight to the point kind of thing. Not sure why that is, but I think it's very a, noticeable. Especially as a viewer, I think like playing like having the earliest single elimination comes into a tournament is like the worst because it's like less games. It's like one series and. More chance of an upset, of course, over it. Like even instead, of, like you know, best of three double M groups are so much more reliable, I guess, in the earlier stages than you know, uh, like single elim brackets. So it's kind of weird to see like these tournaments like branching towards just single elimination brackets. It's almost as though they like taking away games for themselves as well because it's like it takes so much longer to cast a you know around a sixteen in a group stage to single elim bracket. It's like these events shouldn't really kind of be pushed on time. I don't think so. It's. Um, it's a little bit weird. I think the same thing with Challenger. Like, it's very hard to actually watch WCS Challenger League right now because it's like, it's like Beastie says, only two days of event. Like, it's you know, you know, you get like two evenings, and it's like, it's, it literally is two evenings as well because the first day, pretty much everything gets played out on the first day, apart from like four matches, and then the second day is like four best of fives, and that's it. Like, that's WCS Challenger for the season. Um, like, you know, you can't really watch the qualifiers at all because it's very hard to like. It's like very hard to like put the ladder qualifiers onto a stream or something. You know, you you just can't do it. There's like nothing you can do for that. So, I feel it kind of misses out a lot. And I think there's a lot of potential that's just sort of missed more so than anything, I guess. Yeah, that's how I feel as well. Like just not enough content. Everything kind of rushed. Um, you know, even if there's an upset in bracket, no one really cares about it because it wasn't yeah. like it was streamed by someone. But you need to find the stream. By the time you find it, it's like game three. You know, it's yeah. like one one. You don't even know how the game started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it just seems really rushed and not organized at all. It's like um, this challenge that just passed. It's like I thought 
pretty much everywhere I said there was going to be an ESL stream and a DreamHack stream, which should make sense because that's what it was last time as well. Uh, but it came around, and the only main English stream was, like, Base Trade. And then there was, like, me and Puri were casting as well. But, like, you know, when, you know, if you're, especially for the more casual viewers, it's like, you know, you look at, you know, in advance at see it's going to be on DreamHack, you go to the DreamHack stream, it's not there. You know, it's it's quite hard to kind of find it because, like, not everyone's aware of, like, the Team Liquid calendar and stuff, so... I think it's definitely yeah. something that can be improved on, but I mean, I still think, in a way, I kind of think it's like a step in the right direction they've taken this year, but well, it's always like a work in progress, I guess, isn't it? Alright, um, we're going to kind of just talk quickly about kind of like the results of the Challenger League. I mean, BC, you said like, you know, you mentioned a couple of people are in there that you maybe didn't think should be in there or whatever. Um, so we'll start off with Europe. Um, I mean, any real, you know, anyone that you think was really maybe missing from the top 16, like super big names apart from Beastie? Anyone that didn't make it that you're surprised about? Um, I would have to look at the ladder because nothing really pops in my mind right now. But um, I don't know. Like if I, if you go race for race, I just think there were like better players for certain races that that made it in, and some didn't. Um, you know, but that just it it's just a week, right? So yeah, like yeah. I said, it happens so that maybe someone can't play on time and. You know, it's basically screwed over. Like, uh, for example, one of the the players is Harston that didn't make it in. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people would agree that he does deserve to be in top 16 to play in the challenger. You know, but he's not <laughs> because of that. Uh, you know, Bunny. It's just like I'm looking through the ladder, and those are the two first names that I've seen that, like, popped in my mind. Maybe Laser. Yeah, Yeah, Laser, so... Yeah, so I, I personally thought of Arsene Laser and Sol. Because Sol did really well at Home Story Cup as well. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he made round of 16. He actually nearly went into the round of 8, I think. You know, like yeah. Bunny or something. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so I mean, a couple of people missed out. I think it. I think every Challenger League, there's like a couple of people who miss out. I think one of the good things about Challenger League, uh, I think one of the things that we've seen in the past with Challenger League and we've seen again this time is that there's always like the top consistent people who are there like every single time. But there's also like a, a decent amount of like variety down towards like you know you know the, the latter half of like the qualified players as well, which is nice for it's nice for viewers too to not just see like the same sixteen people in the same bracket play out, I guess. Um, so kind of just quickly talk about the European bracket. Uh, Showtime kind of won, looked pretty convincing for the most part. Um, I don't think that's much of a surprise. He's like the reigning WCS champion. Uh, but there's definitely a few talking points in this bracket. Uh, sort of came second place, but actually 3-0'd like pretty much everyone apart from Showtime, who he lost to 2-3. Is that? I mean, sort has been very, you know, sort very good. But did you expect him to be able to come out here and like 0 straight through the bracket, more or less? No, I thought he would lose to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I well, think. I mean, sort of like <clears throat> he's like the kind of guy who always tries to play standard macro. Yeah. And it feels like if you. Like in, in the WCS system nowadays, you just play these long brackets all the time, and I think it's his style is, is very good for these kind of brackets, just like playing solid macro and not relying on any tricks or anything. And this is, I think, the first time it really showed. Uh, I don't think he's had a really good run like that in a similar bracket recently. But yeah, I mean, it was it was not something I would have predicted, but it's not that surprising. I think the the most surprising part was uh, Wellmo beating like seven players in a loser bracket, or. Yeah, five yeah. players. Nah, it was uh, like crazy run. Yeah, he lost in round one, and then he beat Tilo, Hermery, Nurcho, Bly, and Snoop, which is pretty sick. And just to fall three zero in the final round, which is pretty sad, but it was a really good run. 
he played like really well <coughs> this one. like he didn't just beat like Tielo and Hero Marine and like Nurture like he free owed Tielo and Hero Marine and Bly and then against like Nurture and Snootu I think you could probably argue are two of the strongest Zergs in Europe right now or two of the strongest he he won in like five game series but he still beat them which is like I think for Wellmu, who hasn't really done a lot in Re Legacy of the Void, if I'm not mistaken, like, I can't remember the last time we really saw Wellmu performing super well at a tournament. Um, yeah. It was like a really sick run from him. Um, and yeah, I mean, knocking out, again, like Nurture Snoot going down. I mean, Nurture actually fell really early uh, to Zanster in the winner's bracket in the first round. Zanster free owed him, which I think was a bit of an upset as well. Uh, some people called yeah. it just ZVZ at me, but still free owed. <laughs> it's still pretty, uh, pretty like. Yeah, of it was pretty funny because I was teasing Nurture a bit before the games. I told him, uh, today is Anton Day. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like just kind of laughing it off and then he got 3-0 and I was like, huh? Oh. Then he was feels bad, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I agree with Wellmo being like the biggest upset, I guess, for sort of. Like, um, I used to play custom games with him and he was always really good in TVZ. Like, his late game is really good. Um, and I've noticed that he always loses in ZVZ when he goes to a tournament. And I know his ZVZ is super bad. But I rarely like see him lose in ZVP and ZVT. So, to be honest, like I'm not really surprised he made it in. But Walmu, like, you know, like it's almost said, like cleaning up everyone in the loser's bracket. It's a pretty cool run. Yeah. No, I, I, and even the game he lost in the winner bracket to Marita, it was like... Two, he probably should have won that one, yeah. It was. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the games, but it, yeah, it was. It was runes of ending, and it was really far ahead. It was basically he stopped the two base push with a three base eco, and then he ended up getting like a horrible engagement and losing. So yeah. What do you What do you think about um, brackets <laughs> being seeded the way they are? Were do you think seated... it should be the way it is or no? How, what was it seeded like this time? Because I thought it was meant to be like top four or like top seed, and then the next no, one. No, no. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the wrong way this time. So it was the wrong way this time. Yeah, yeah, like what you said was correct. You have like, you know, seed one is one to four, and then the last seed is uh, 12 to 16, or, you know, the last four eligible, and then, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. But now they literally just did one against 16, two against yeah. 15. What, what do you guys think about that? I think it's really, I personally think it's kind of dumb because it's like, they, they changed it, or they're meant to have changed it because it was trying to be abused like back in the first time they did this. Yeah, um, I think it. I think the way it's meant to be is kind of smart because it makes sense. Like people at the top, or kind. Of, it's because it's ladder. It's kind of hard to say, but I mean, it's the same as ultimate. Like if you finish higher, you should be better. So it's kind of hard to say because it's ladder. But I mean, it's a better way than of doing it. But I definitely think they should have it in groups. Otherwise, it's like, you know, you can like leave a game at like the last minute, or you can like six pools, or like well, not six pools, but like you can like twelve pool someone and not really try and tap out yeah, yeah. to lose some points exactly. to get someone you might want to play instead so yeah for for example i i know that lambo wanted to play against me and he was uh you know exactly in that position <clears throat> and i don't know if it was on purpose or not but you know it could be and that's kind of a problem he wanted to play you to lose free air right <laughs> well, i mean i'm, I'm not gonna fire any shots here but <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, it like I, I, it's like someone told me he wanted to play against me and then he ended up getting me and I'm not sure if that was you know because he got the right rank on ladder or just on, on uh, you know randomly but yeah it's it's not supposed to be possible to snipe someone like that yeah it just in general seemed like I don't know, it just sort of felt as though like the entire thing didn't seem like people really 
like the like dream hack also didn't care so much about it like last time they like tried to cast it and stuff like that and like all of this and then this time they didn't bother really casting it and they didn't seed it right i just felt like it was a bit of a wasted opportunity really like even like you know as a community caster i was like asking like a couple of weeks before you can i cast this and no one was replying and then even on the day like i was talking to mark like just before it started i was like oh i don't think i can cast and they were like, oh, no, you can't cast. And then, like, as it starts, they're like, actually, you can. Just don't, like, clash with the other English streams. I'm like, oh, okay. But then the only other English stream is, like, base trade, which is, like, you know, I mean, just, but does it make any sense to have, like, eight games being played at a time without, um, like, eight games being played at a time without, like, any streams apart from one? It's kind of a bit weird. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, uh, we have a question in the chat about how do you feel about like day one having like so many games played and day two only four games played uh from like a, i guess a bit of a viewer perspective um as an answer to that is like i think it's kind of sad because we lose so much potential like they could have very easily um played out like both the winner bracket semi-finals on like one after the other instead of both at the same time and they could have held the winner bracket final for the day after um i don't know how you guys feel as players like if you'd rather get more of the games done on the uh. first day or just to put it simple, it's it's terrible. <laughs> like it's just it's what BC said earlier, right? This like this challenger thing. It could be like a seven day sick bracket, like mm. every day one round, for example. And it like that way it actually feels cool. Like imagine you have the first day lineup and you have like Showtime against TLO and you have Strange against Sort of to watch, you know. And not, now it's literally just you. You don't even you can't even really get excited for a match because you just you know just just get it over with match after match after match and. For players, it doesn't matter that much because I, I feel like the players just like you can just play to win. You know, if you qualify, you're happy. If you don't, you're sad. It's it doesn't matter that much. But for for a viewer, it could be really sick if it was like a proper seven or eight day challenger league. And now it's just like match after match. And like the fir first day had like twenty best of fives or something, and then the second they had like four. As well, it's it's actually just pretty stupid to be honest. Especially like since they're not doing the like you said the DreamHack or ESL or whatever didn't do the production, so why not just you know play you know Showtime TLO Well Moon Marine Lord and um, Nurture Zancer first day, just cast it, then the next day you can cast three more four more best of fives doesn't matter you can make this like you know a two week thing that people would have to w can watch every day so then you can follow your players. Plus, the players would be able to prepare for each match. Like if, you know, Showtime and, and like Mar uh, Marine Lord won, they would have, you know, another two days or three days to prepare for the next match. And then the games would be better. They wouldn't be like sloppy. Uh, you know, players would come with prepared builds. But this just like seems you know, like a weekly cup for like 20 bucks, you know, just like yeah, get yeah. the games out. Exactly. That's it. I think that's one of the biggest things. And I think it's like, uh, it, it really hurts because like people really respond to like consistency and like you know if this was on every day for a week people would tune in and like by the end of the week there's going to be so many people tuning in for like the finals because people are getting hyped they're talking about all the games i mean right now there's like so many matches that just didn't get streamed at all so i mean you know we saw people like you know we saw some people probably like getting knocked out like shadow probably just didn't get streamed at all which is like a bit sad i mean it's not you know he's not the biggest in names but he's like one of those players who made it in anyways it's maybe his chance yeah. to show himself and then he doesn't even get on a stream like it's like you know challenger league used to be every single match was streamed uh you got all the qualifiers streamed leading up to it. it's like the entire thing was just so much better as a viewer to be able to really just watch i think and just you know follow and just be a part of yeah yeah you know what i think might be a good idea 
Like right now, you have like eight spots for just the the, the one day qualifier bracket thing, and this thing has like two spots. But it would probably be better to like switch that around and make Challenger like an actual thing. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but Challenger used to give like all the spots. Yeah, Challenger was like a really big thing, and you had like, like the, the I really like the first system. I don't know if you guys remember. It was like you there's four players in a bracket, and then you have the highest seed player. It was like in the final of the bracket. And then the two qualifiers play in the first round, and then the winner plays against the the guy who fell from like the round of 32 or something. And then the guy in the final of the bracket was like a guy from the round of 16, something like that. I don't know if you guys remember. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah wait, I can. For Challenge League? Yeah, no, I, can, I, re- I remember I in 2013 being a group stage for Challenger League and top yeah. two advanced. I think that was the best, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I remember that. Was... I don't remember, like, um, I'm gonna, I don't remember what I just sent you guys the link. Really? You can check that. That's what I mean. That was actually a cool system. And then what they would do, they would cast like the first round on the first day of a couple matches. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, the other first rounds on another day. And then like a week later would be the second round of the bracket. Uh, you could probably get it on stream already because uh, this system yeah. is actually pretty cool. And then like the finals was like another week later. Oh, yeah. Challenger do, was like an actual this. proper thing. It was really uh, sick back then. Now, now I see the bracket. I do remember yeah. this. I actually... Um, I actually... So, yeah, but then yeah, it led okay. to into the group stage. So yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was like the, yeah. that was like the qualifier, instead of like having like a, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. That was that. That's really. I just think anything that's like more open and just allows more players to play and have a chance and just gives more games is like generally better. But yeah, that that sort of thing works really well because then you benefit from being in Premier League last season. Like right now, it's like you know. I mean, I know like you get WCS points, and if you won last season, you're probably going to go to the Summer Championship anyway, right? But it's very yeah. likely we see people like place quite high at the Summer Championship, who just have a bad couple of qualifiers, and boom, they're not you know they're not in the next championship or something. It's kind of like very punishing. I do remember this now that you mention it. Yeah, I remember. I actually remember the games that I had in group stage with three products because I remember like thinking, "What should I do?" But I had like four or five days to did prepare, they... so I just did prepare like builds for each match and each game, and it was like super cool, like as a player, you know, instead of just doing yeah. another bracket. Did they? Did they Look at that BCKD four hour. Four hour. <laughs> uh, I think it was. I think it was just twenty thirteen, right? Was it? Yeah. Was it the same all the way through twenty thirteen? I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's when they. Yeah, it was. It's when they casted. They like, used to cast just, so much back then as well. Like they casted like. Just all compare the that to the system of Challenger now, and you can see how big of a difference it is. Yeah, yeah. Like how long did that challenge even take? It probably took it like weeks. four weeks or something. I remember, like especially like I mean, one of the matches like I'm just looking <laughs> on one now. One of them started like August twelfth. Was that actually only over like three days or something? Apparently, it's only over three days. But then, but then that's just like the bracket stage, and then apparently they did it all in a week. May twenty first to June fifth. Yes, yeah, from what I see. Two weeks then. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm on. Sorry. That's I, just, went, I went to challenge. season two. Really I went to season two, but even like you know a week two weeks is so much better because you just get to see yeah. so much more of the story and like, like they keep like selling this this like uh, WCS is meant to be like a story sort of thing, and now they've like taken away the story. It's like yeah, pretty much. Weird. <clears throat> it's like. Right now, you just like play a massive bracket, and then you qualify for a tournament which has a massive bracket, and you play two games. And it's like know, another it's just... bracket when you <laughs> yeah, like... another bracket. <laughs> All right, um... and you're like, oh, I'm going to Dream Act. Finally, something else, and it's another bracket. <laughs> They're like, fuck bracket. And it's all single elimination is all the tournaments. So Every guys, guys we're doing a group stage in brackets. <laughs> <laughs> 
just it's actually insane. Oh, all right. Um, well, let's very quickly just talk about NA uh, NA Challenger. I don't know how much of NA Challenger you guys watched. Um, I didn't really get to watch too much myself because it actually started. I feel as though NA started a bit later this time. It started at like two a.m. European time, which is like I feel as though usually it starts at like midnight European time or like just like a couple hours earlier. I don't know if they did that just to like accommodate people who are over in Korea, like No Regret and uh, Scarlet or something. But um, either way, I mean, NA bracket is not really full of too many upsets. I don't think uh, Neeb won again, which is I, Bills uh, against Pulp. Yeah, Bills against Pulp. It's probably like the biggest upset down there. Uh, 3-0 by Bales. So Pult just completely dropped out. Uh, loses yeah. to Hydra, and then beats Scarlet. <clears throat> loses to Bales. I didn't see the game, so I don't really know what happened. But uh, I watched the, <clears throat> I watched a little bit. I didn't see Pult against Bales. I saw Hydra against Pult, which was Pult just making mass tour in the late game all the time. And then Masa and Samper was just typical TVD. I didn't, I didn't see any... Real interesting games. I think the final might have been exciting. Like this entire bracket is filled with three O's and three ones if you look at it. Yeah. There's like one, two, three, three, three twos, and the rest was all just one sided. So it didn't seem like that much of an interesting bracket. It just seems like the finals kind of interesting and then some of the lower bracket games. But Yeah, I feel it's just like NA <laughs> Like this this was always like in NA, right? Like there's just two players, two, three players dominating and then the rest is like Whoever has a good day, I feel like. Even in, in the old days, I think it was like this. Yeah. Not really much to talk about then. Just Neep first, Hydra second. I, I I don't even think Neep winning is like much of an upset. He's won every Challenger League in NA now this year, which is probably a bit of a storyline. That's about it. Yeah, Neep just dominating NA, and I guess yeah. Bill's doing particularly well. Um Masa doing well, but continuing to always lose against Hydra. <laughs> I believe he's like I, I'm not sure why, because Masa's like the kind of player that could beat someone on Hydra's level, but he seems just to counter him hard. No, then, he's tilted against him, I think. Yeah, probably. And then Puck losing early on in surprise, and then making a big run to the lower bracket, almost Wellmo caliber. Yeah, I and think... I guess um, Scarlet being kind of disappointing. Scarlet had so. um, ping issues. I think she, <laughs> connection at her, well, I think where oh, yeah. she lives, she uh, has really bad ping to NA, and so she was gonna go to someone else's house to play the WCS Challenger, but then it fell through. So she was playing with like 300 oh. or 400 ping or something, which oh, that's right. Was just frustrating, obviously. So yeah, yeah, and that's actually a shame because the same day as Scarlet like was taking maps off of Bjorn and Do You Star Masters, so it would have been pretty sick to see her play some ZVTs. But um, bit of a shame. All right, so um, I mean, not really much else to talk about there. So let's just move on. Does um, actually uh, went on a bit longer than I thought. That's cool. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, just DreamHack Valencia is obviously coming up. Uh, that's pretty much the next uh, major event, um, and it's obviously taking place. Well, this time next week will be like the final day. I think. I think it ends on the Saturday. So um, I don't know if you're going, Beastie. Uh, Valencia. Yeah. No, I actually had an offer like yesterday to go, but I don't know. I think it's too soon. Let's go, Beastie. Come on. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I I thought about it, but I don't know, man. Like after the Challenger thing, I I kind of I didn't stop playing. I just played, you know, fewer <clears throat> games than before. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's gonna be a long time before the next remake. Like Dobby says, it's in August. But besides that, there's not that many open tournaments to play, so it might be worth your time anyway. I mean, if you don't feel like it, then just 
But still. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm a professional streamer now, so. <laughs> Just like me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a lost pro streamer. You don't yeah. even stream anymore. Come on. Yeah, you went. Hey, I streamed like the other day. Three days ago. Yeah, yeah. for like three hours, and then you were gone again. Yeah. What a joke. Disgusting. <laughs> There's loyal subscribers who want to spam frogs, and you just don't go online. It's like, Let's see how spam. many frogs there is in the chat. <laughs> I don't even know how many subs I still have. It's just like, <laughs> wow. can't believe you still subscribe to me. Like, I, I try to stream whenever I can, but it's not a priority, you know? So it's like, yeah. when Dreamhack Valencia is coming in like three days, and there's also a qualifier, I'm not going to be streaming. And then like after that, I have a tournament in Shanghai, and after that, hopefully a tournament in Montreal. <laughs> so... Busy times. Just gotta, <laughs> gotta get back on it when you're uh, done winning all your events. <laughs> all right, yeah. um, GF Valencia, I mean, it's it's just another dream hack. I mean, qualified players is sort of uh, not really too interesting either. I mean, obviously, we get to see uh, one of the Chinese players coming. That's going to be Jim this time. I think that's the first time he's qualified for one of these events this year. Um, so it'd be interesting to see Jim offline, because actually Jim was someone who online was not really doing super well during Legacy of the Void, but uh, he's qualified. Uh, I mean, Showtime Snoot. I mean, I don't think the European qualified players makes much of a difference, because most of the Europeans will probably be there anyways. Uh, yeah. I get to see Neeb and Puck from NA, which is not too surprising either, I think. Uh, the NA qualifiers lately have been a bit of a mix of the pros players qualifying. Um, I think Pilly, was it Pilly? Pilly he qualified to play in Shanghai, I think. Yeah, so, it was Pili and Neeb, I think. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was Pili and Neeb. Yeah, probably. So it's like pretty similar for many as well. Um, the Tyrene's qualify went the way of Nice this time, instead of yeah, Has. Has didn't even play, I think. Really? Do you not? Yeah, I don't think he... Not sure why, but... Yeah, he didn't even play the qualifier. Oh. Well, guy. It's weird. It's and also so pretty strange. sad that Ender wasn't able to go because of these issues. That's like yeah. the worst thing that can happen to you as a pro gamer. Yeah, you live in some far country and then you finally qualify and then the embassy is like, nah. Yeah. Uh, Denied. <laughs> Denied. Yeah. All right. So um, Probe's going to be there instead of him. Yeah. So Probe. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like, I mean, it's, it's very hard to talk. I mean, it's just going to have like that very standard list of a bunch of Europeans. I don't know which of the Koreans are going to go. Um, I don't know if Hydra's going or Pult or anyone, but... I think Hydra's going, uh, but I... I'm not sure on Paul, but he's he's not the kind of guy to go to these events most of the time. Yeah, he's going to say... So I, I'm guessing Hydra and neither Paul or Violet. Because Violet hasn't been playing actively, I think. And then... True, maybe? Well, for, isn't it kind of hard for True to get, like, Visa when he just moved over? But... Um, yeah, I don't know. It makes sense for him to go, if it's possible. Yeah, probably. And then it's going to be, like, you know, E-Laser and Arsten and... Yeah. All the Europeans, basically. I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of the, the one thing I like about these dream hacks lately is that I think it's really cool that you sort of. I mean, I know we don't have the full player lineup yet, but when you see the player lineup, you can look at it and you can really like look at it and say, well, so many different people can actually win this event. Whereas before, it was like, well, let's look at like the six Koreans who are going who might be able to win this. I feel like that kind of makes it very. Um, I, I don't I don't know what your you guys' views are, but like I feel it makes it a lot more diverse. I feel it makes them very interesting to watch. And I know a lot of people don't like watching because there's no Korean players or whatever, but for me it's very interesting to see actually like anything could happen in these brackets. Like, you know, you expect Nurture and Showtime and Snoot and Neve to go far and get top eight, but like 
anyone could really just make a good run and like clinch it. And I think that's what's been really, um, really good lately in these uh, sort of tournaments. Yeah, usually I feel the same because I'm I'm quite excited for this kind of tournaments, but I feel like this tournament's kind of messed up a bit because of the map decision Blizzard made. <laughs> uh, I mean, great maps. Yeah, like I mean, the maps are probably not that bad because let's be honest, every pro gamer thinks every map was bad at the start. That's just what pro gamers do, I guess. But it's probably not even that bad. But like, I believe the maps are going to be out on ladder on travel day. And for like Americans and people who live far, it's going to be like after travel day even. So there's going to be like a bunch of good people playing on maps they're not actually good at. And there's probably going to be a lot of gimmicks and upsets. So I mean, if you're if you like that kind of thing, that is great. But I feel like for like the, what do you call it, the prestige of the event is kind of going down because of the map stuff, which yeah. is kind of sad in my opinion. But, Just yeah. ready for like every single um, best of three to like <laughs> Frozen Temple, King Sejong and Frost or something. It's like, well, I mean, I don't think it's going to be like that because, for example, I, I played the maps like twice each or like, well, I played them in TL, TLMC as well, so like four times maybe. And I can, can already see which maps are good for which race. So, for example, uh, Azurk will probably veto Dasson Station against me. But I, like, for example, I could veto Frost as well against Zurich and Platzl in, uh, instead of one of the newer maps, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it's probably just going to be a lot of the new maps as well. It's just. Like the games are gonna be lower quality for sure. I guess it's better. And I mean, it's still well. like, yeah, yeah, of course. And I mean, the the points for WCS are so important still. That it kind of feels weird. Like, there's like one guy who's probably it's gonna be like the best Dawson Station player of the bunch, and he's gonna get like one eight <laughs> WCS points. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like this guy who's gonna proxy a Stargate like one second away from your mineral line every game. So you're like, oh. Give me those one Who's points. gonna get that siege tank through the middle of the map and does <laughs> yeah, the station? Yeah. Exactly. Who's gonna do the epic mech trick? It's like the the crowd goes wild. It's like, oh my god, it's dying. <laughs> First ten minutes of the finals is literally both like TVT or something. Both players just trying to get a unit through the center. And then it's like one tank against one tank in the middle, <laughs> like both trying to push it. Uh, but like honestly, it's it's just kind of I don't know. Like if it was the old map pool, this event would be like one of the most important of the year because. Right now, it's like, because the, the top eight is pretty, you know, solid up there. Like, they're pretty sure they're going to make it to BlizzCon. But they're still, this is the one event where there's still going to be a difference as long as, uh, along with WCS. Uh, and after this, like, I am Shanghai. Probably not going to make the biggest difference. There's probably going to be, like, someone who's close between, like, eight and nine. But this event is probably going to solidify, like, the top eight. And now they made it weird. It's probably, like... It's just gonna be weird results, I think, and yeah, I'm not sure if I'm happy with how it's gonna impact the WCS rankings. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that's kind of one of the major talking points. Obviously, just the map's gonna be really kind of making things very weird. I know, like um, a few people who were trying to go on the show were just like, "Wow, we just I just can't take the time because I need to like literally go and play these new maps that I meant to like try and win a tournament on next week." So, it's um, it's pretty strange. But I mean, Blizzard had never really been making very good. Uh, Decisions with changing map pools and or shelter. Yeah, well, I'm going to discuss the map pool in a bit as well. It's actually our next topic. So I mean, we could just move on to that now, actually, um, mm. because it probably is. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, there's so much to talk about here because there's actually been quite a little bit of drama. So to begin with, obviously, we have um, uh, kind of uh, the new maps, which are 
kind of like so so sorry i get myself mixed up in my head so um, <laughs> yeah they're questionable i mean let's start with i mean let's start with the the, the big upset which is the fact that dasan station is actually mm-hmm. going to be in the map pool right i mean yeah i mean well to be fair like if they use the the map contest version because i know there's people like oh they edited the match it's horrible but like the map contest version was first of all 10 times worse than the actual latter one like the the one Blizzard release is actually a lot better because in the old one, like right now, you know, with the siege tank, you have to push it through. You can wall with like one depot, and it's a really small entrance. But in the map contest one, it was actually you, sh- you could move like five ultras next to each other through. That's how big the middle was, and it was actually just like stupid. And also, they changed the rocks on the ramp in the back because you 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 weren't able to get behind the gold first because of the rocks, but now you can. So it's not that good to take the gold anymore. So it's it's definitely a way better map than it was like back in the map contest, but it's, of course it's still a bit of a you know questionable map. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this map, Beastie, on Dasan Station? Um, I mean, when I played it in TLMC, I liked it. I think it's like a weird map, but I thought it had potential. I actually didn't see like the new version because I don't know. I'll, I'll just wait for the letter, I guess, to come out. Uh, but I think it's an interesting map. There's some things that I'm not sure how balanced they will be. Like, um, like the first thing that popped in my mind is like, what if Protoss goes for Tempests from inside of their base? You know, like stuff like those. Because then suddenly it's like a new arena, except there's more chokes. So. And it's even weirder. <laughs> yeah, and they can proxy target behind your, you know, main base. Like <laughs> that's the worst one. It's so, literally uh, one second from your mineral. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not sure. Like, can like can Ravager hits hit you from under into your main mineral line? Uh, no. Like I, I can see so. Zerg. Far away, uh, I think the mineral. No. It's far away. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like we'll we'll see how it will be. Like I don't know. Like for example, war prisms as well, flying from every direction. It's an interesting <laughs> map for sure. I think games need to be played on it, but I think Zergs won't be too happy for that for that map because I think they're going to be really screwed against both Protoss and Terran. Yeah, I think it's just like kind of a triangle map or not triangle. Like I just think Terran will beat Zerg on that, so Zergs will veto it, and Protoss should beat both Zerg and Terran. But I, I think in PVT, it's probably not bad enough to veto it in the best of five. Like I think. Oh, siege tanks, man! All day on that map. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like against Protoss, they can they can cheese you in so many ways, and even if they play macro, you're like that's the kind of game where playing a macro game is smart because you're like making turrets and bunkers and siege tanks and ravens on one base to not die. And <laughs> there's like three bases in Tempest. It know? reminds me of the um, what's that map called from Wings of Liberty? Desert Oasis. It reminds me of yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Desert Oasis. Yeah, it's. I think it's equally bad as how as far as how your main goes. Well, the Rush Editions was like 10 times as big on Desert Oasis. Yeah. It wasn't that close. I, I know, I know, but it just Oasis. reminds me like the map layout. Because it's like, <laughs> to go ground, you need to go so... You know, the walking distance is too... Yeah. Too I only have good memories of Desert Oasis. I got promoted to Diamond on that map. I can't even remember Desert oh, Oasis. Pro <laughs> yeah, pro gamer, pro gamer was born on Desert Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that map. Oh, yeah. I see, yeah, I see what you mean. I think it will be an interesting map. Like I don't know. I have to play more games, but the games I've played have just all in processes of one base. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I've all in turns of one base. It was pretty cool. I've all in zergs of one base. So 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think it's one it's of these. It's a sophisticated kind of map. <laughs> kind of map, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I love one base solids. One of these maps where we'll probably actually see quite a few games that are like quite cool in this map for a while. But then I think it's going to get, like, after one season, I think we'll be very sick of this map. I think it'll be one of the first, I hope it's going to be one of the first to go. It's like, I sort of feel as though I'm going to feel like I felt with Wolverine, where it's like, I wanted it to go away almost immediately. But then we actually saw some kind of cool meta kind of shifts on Wolverine, and then we sort of just saw it become, like, the same thing every time again. So, I don't know. I yeah. think the only problem I have with, I think my biggest problem with Dasan Station is the fact that there are so many good maps in the Team Liquid map contest that are much more reliable to put in the map pool. Yeah. And that we're seeing Dasan Station instead of them is a little bit of a, well, a shame. Just because, like, I can think of, like, quite a few maps in the bladder map in the TLMC that I casted. I mean, I only cast, like, a couple of series, but I can just remember a few games that would just create really good games very reliably a lot of the time. Whereas Dasan Station, it's like, you know half the games you're gonna have an oracle in your mineral line in like two minutes or something and you know it's just one of them maps people aren't you know it's, the timings are going to be weird it's going to create some really kind of weird stuff it's um i don't know i just feel as though i'd would have rather seen kind of a more standard map instead i think a lot of people feel that way probably in general because they're still just you know blizzard they don't care how much people enjoy games with standard maps they just seem to want to make things interesting all the mm -hmm. time I mean, it's, I think it's quite overstated how much people enjoy standard maps. Because, like, I think almost every pro gamer thinks Dusk Towers is, like, the worst map in the current oh, map but, pool. But Dusk Towers isn't... For example. But would you call Dusk Towers standard? Because it's, like, mega turtly instead of just... You know, like, Dusk Towers is, like, super safe for... Uh, I think most people think of standard as you can... Yeah, you can okay. macro up without being, like, in too much of a problem. Sure. But I think Dusk Towers is, like, a very extreme example of yeah. that situation. Yeah. You know what map is good? Which? Shakura's Plateau. That's the map we need. <laughs> and that to get was, that was the best. No, Shakura's was the best <laughs> map ever created. It'd be pretty <laughs> shit now, though. What? It would be pretty bad now. Right? That was a terror player, surely. Can you imagine Tanky Vax on like the ledge, and then there's like yeah, exactly. Doom drops where you're taking your fourth on Legacy of the Void. It's like that's it's not gonna work. Now. Just like King Sejong, it's also it was a great map back then, but now it's pretty bad. Yeah, actually, King Sejong being in the map was quite, uh, quite interesting because it's like King Sejong was a great map, and we saw so many like great like macro TVZs on it, and like I remember like Teja versus Solar was like one of these amazing like TVZs that you'll never forget, and all of this. Yeah. And now King Sejong's like, well, I've got Tankivax, um, and Liberators, and good luck, <laughs> yeah. you know, good luck if you don't veto this one. It's yeah. um makes quite interesting. Um, it's probably a bit better with the new queen, though, I think. Yeah, probably. Um, I haven't really seen it played out enough. I mean, the new queen is... Everything is better with the new queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other maps that got added, I mean, let's just kind of go through them one by one. Uh, Apotheosis was this kind of two-player map that's very uh, narrow. This actually performed, I think, pretty well overall in the scoring on TLMC. I didn't really personally like it myself too much when I saw it, but... Um, I mean, any thoughts on this mapping, particularly from you guys? Just, I actually thought this was the worst one of them all. Yeah. Yeah, I really didn't like this one. And I, I played it's... it. It's like it's like no features. It's just like one straight line, one path. It's just it has nothing interesting. I don't know. It's just I really didn't like this map when I played it. It's really it's way too big as well. I think it's like super Zerg favored. I think this is the one I'm gonna veto for sure. Like uh, when I played on it in TLMC, like. 
Every time you try to attack, there's like 15 counterattacks that Zerg can do. And the map is so big, by the time you get to their base, they can kill your NCVs on the third and come back in time to defend as well. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same. I mean, and, my, uh, my uh, comment wasn't from a balanced perspective. It's just, I think oh, this yeah, map is bad like in both ways. Yeah, yeah, I don't just, like the map. Yeah. All right. This is it. I, I discussed earlier with other people, and it's, this is probably the... The map of Terran with Vito first and the best of five in in both matchups. Actually, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just not to to me. It's not interesting. Like it's it l reminds me of the Belshire Vestige, but the wor just worse because it's bigger, and then there's too many counterattacks. I don't know. I wonder what a ZVP looks like on this one. Like I wonder if it's just not interesting for Terran or if it's actually just I mean it's not like, interesting for anyone. It's like like mini force field heaven, right? It's like everywhere you go is just a choke point. I know force Yeah, but at the really... same time it's really big, so if you move yeah. out I don't know. But then there's like lurkers, like how are you ever gonna attack into a Zerk as well? Yeah, I think it's yeah. I don't know. I kinda I'm trying to think back to like the TLMC and I I think the map the games I really remember from this on TLMC weren't that interesting. I think it was like I don't know. I'm I don't know. I think in general, the maps that they've picked to go in this map pool, for me, are very surprising compared to what I was expecting to see, I suppose. The cameras have disappeared again, Warning. Oh, we're back? Are we back? I'm not turning it on. I'm back. There's, <laughs> there's a fine black shit. Yeah, you, you probably need are to we, turn it on again. Have you been scammed again? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's okay. We'll be, we'll just kind of, we'll take a break in like a few minutes after this topic anyway, and uh, we'll sort it out. All right, we're just going to be a little bit uh, faded out for a while. <laughs> so, um, I mean, the profuse is so you guys don't like it. Uh, maybe Zerg does. Again, I think it's a, again like I can't remember the names of the other maps that would have been I would have preferred to see, but I think it's kind of weird. But it, it did play second overall by voted by players during the TLMC. So I don't know. Maybe the Terrans just didn't vote. Um, <laughs> all right. I, I didn't vote. I didn't even know there was a vote. I just really? played the map. Test. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. It. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Um, Galactic Process, the Cloud Kingdom ripoff. Now, this one actually has a little bit of drama yeah. about it as well. So the drama is that obviously Blizzard have taken the maps and they've changed them, and you know usually this is pretty standard in terms of like you know making sure it's you know okay for the ladder in the sense that uh, we want to make sure it's uh, you know it's not going to lag on people's computers and whatever, turn down all the doodads and stuff. I think people don't really have a problem with that, but apparently they've made like major changes to the map without kind of consulting the map maker or anything. So, like, uh, apparently uh, they've took down the natural rocks. They took those out of the map here on Galactic Process. Yeah. Uh, there's a big thing on us. I think it was TLO who tweeted it was, like, a big move, you know, a big thing of disrespect to kind of, uh, you know, really kind of, uh, to kind of just change it without talking to the map maker or anything. Like, apparently they didn't even tell the map maker they're changing. They just did it. Like, they didn't even say, hey, what do you think of this? Or, hey, we're going to do this. Just changed it. Don't tell them anything. Yeah. So Well, I think... For me, that's not the biggest issue. The biggest issue for me is that they they let people vote for maps, and then once it's voted in, they change it. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it uh, yeah, that's that's the thing as well. How it's can like, you even do that? It's like the same with Dasan Station as well, right? Where they've made so many changes on. For Dasan Station, it's probably for the better, but yeah. they've had this entire large map contents to see which maps people like and which maps are good, and then they change them. And you know, small changes on maps can completely change the map, right? I mean. You know, we're not over-exaggerating, but, like, Dasan Station really is quite a different map because of the fact they've made the center a lot better, a lot more, you know, a lot more realistic to use. So, it's, um, I don't know, it, it just feels, again, like, as always, like, 
things just seem to be a bit of a mess when trying to sort out the map pool. It's um, a little I bit mean, of a shame. I don't know. It's not a small thing. Like, what they did here, like, removing the rocks behind no, your no, no, natural no, no. Yeah, is, like, huge. you know, like, it changes the map as played out. Uh, I mean, for example, now you need to rush to wall that off or to do something with it because, like, Bain, is there, like, I don't know if there's still, like, smoke in there. I, behind the uh, I don't no, think there I is. Think so. Like, I don't know. It, it To me, it changes a lot. It's like, now it's suddenly one of those terrible maps where it has two entrances to your natural. Like, actually, three entrances to your natural. It's like, I don't really know how I feel about it. Uh, I mean, it's basically two, right? There's a rock set your third. Yeah, but like, it's still like, it can be broken down pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah of course. I actually played a game on that earlier, and I won off my natural against like the adepts, and then they came from the back, and I was like, "All right, <laughs> that's where they can come from as well." Yeah, it's like, um, I mean, this map was like sort of Cloud Kingdom esque with like some interesting features added to it, and the interesting features were like really balanced out because of like the rocks, like keeping you safe and stuff. So like by removing the rocks, they really have just made this map, I think, completely turn around in like how people would like, you know, how much people enjoy playing on it. So. Yeah. yeah, it's you know pretty much just that one change made it from like one of those maps where it's where it's nice to get a fast third. It's like you know I probably have to be gonna be careful for fast lins in the back way, and it's just it completely changed it. Like, yeah, that's the map's why. Gonna work. Yeah, it's quite big. Like like in the first place, I didn't like in the original map. I didn't like the back entrance to the natural, even with the rocks. But I was like, yeah, but there's rocks, so you know at least it's gonna give you time. You can wall it off. So, you know, you can put a marine or two or whatever and just not, it's not a big deal. But this, this way, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just too weird, too open. Hopefully they maybe go back on it and change it back. I mean, we've seen the maps being kind of changed after they've gone into the ladder before. So I just think the biggest issue is, I mean, the fact that we're going to be using these at DreamHack Valencia in less than a week. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, sure. you know, even, you know, before now, even if they, they told us a while ago, right, that, um, like, these were going to be the maps that they're probably going to put in. But it was only confirmed, like, the other day, uh, which is why the, all the, you know, the controversy has sparked up. And so if you really wanted to, you could have been preparing on these maps, and then all of a sudden these changes have come out, and you've got less than a week to kind of learn about them and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's pretty strange. Yeah, I, I just think, I mean, I don't know, I think everyone just feels the same way that Blizzard kind of need to talk to map makers more and just try and maybe get on top of everything again just you know trying it just seems like they're always behind like you know it never seems as though they're prepared it's always like playing from behind and just doing things that people then start to question they don't have time to then fix it because it's like a week until we see the maps in the ladder so yeah well i have to say i don't even know like no one has played a lot of games on this map so i don't think we can really judge about the rocks being removed like yeah honestly this map might not even be that bad because i played it earlier against the protoss and i I tried to push myself, and I found out that the rush station is still pretty large. Yeah. So, I mean, even if you, let's say you do a road challenge, if you go by the back, it still takes like a year to get there. So, yeah. I, I wouldn't say, you know, change it back right now for Valencia or something. We can probably yeah, sure. only judge after a while. Like, it, it might honestly not even be that bad. It's just like but the idea and, you know, what Blizzard did is just kind of the... the they've issue. lost a lot of potential, though, because they've... They had a big tournament to test all these maps for like the first time in a long time. We've really seen the ladder maps like really tested, or they should have been really tested before they go live. And now these changes they're making are so severe. And again, it's like maybe not necessary. So again, it's, 
mean, it's, it's a lot of up to discussion and stuff like that. Right, we've got one more map to talk about, New Gettysburg. Uh, this was the winner of the Team Liquid map contest. I think a lot of people love this map and a lot of people want to see this in. Um, ID4, they've changed it as well a little bit from uh, the TLMC. Now it's only got two floating bases, or two air bases, which is probably a benefit. Um, I mean, what did you guys think of this map when you played it and about the changes and stuff now as well? That was my favorite map. Like, the moment I played it, I think the first map, like, before the map contest, I just looked through the maps, I didn't play in any of them. And then my first match was against uh, Lambo, and I had, like, a game where it was, the whole map was mined out. And the first thing that popped in my mind is, like, I'll just take island bases and go Sky Terran. And yeah. it worked out. It's an interesting map with the island bases, and I really like it. Because I think, like, this kind of island bases are very different from, like, Olrena. Like, Olrena island base is completely useless mm -hmm. in, like, 99% of the games. But in this kind of map with the air blockers, I think this is something that might be used, uh, you know, a lot more frequently than, than other island bases were in the history of Starcraft. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about removing the two islands, because I haven't played on it. And I watched like two games, but they ended it pretty quickly. Like it didn't come to, you know, actually getting those two removed island bases. But overall, I, I, you know, I really like the map. What about you, Mark? Oh. Do you like playing this one? I, I'm honestly not sure because I haven't really played any games on this map where either me or my opponent like abused the features of the map. It was just like most of them were just standard games that you would see on any map. So. For me, it hasn't felt like a weird map yet. For me, it's just like a big map because it's a pretty big rush distance. But I, I can't really give any in-depth thoughts on this one. Sometimes I think that's the best though, when it's like you feel like you can just play standard games, but then there's the potential to innovate and potential to make it, you know, games look a bit different and stuff like that too. I think they're the best yeah. kind of maps. Um, yeah. So. I do think this map already kind of succeeded though, because you know, a lot of the times you have a map. And there's like this obvious feature they want you to use, like island bases, but they never actually get taken, like yeah. on Arena. But even in, in Pro League, we already saw stats uh, take the bases and BCQT against Lambo earlier. So it's quite obvious that they already succeeded in like the features. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the maps that I think it was the map everyone wanted to see in the ladder straight away. Um, and I think, you know, it, it won the Team Liquid Map Contest for a reason. Um, so not really any surprises there. So pretty happy about that one. Um, the maps that left were uh, some maps, I think, which were long overdue to leave. I mean, I'm absolutely sick of casting games on Dusk Towers. I'm not sure how yeah. sick of you. The removals are really good, actually. Yeah, I mean, Normally, maps... it's like, yeah. just like one map you want to go away that goes away, and then like three good maps go away, and you're like, oh, well. But now it's like Dusk Towers is removed. And I know there's a lot of people that like Dusk Towers, but it's just like for players and... For viewers that watch a lot of games, it's just not a good map. Like, uh, I remember I played against Sortov in the challenger thing, and we both were like trying our hardest to like end the game. Like I was doing mass <laughs> harassment, and then he was like doing ultras and nidises, and we still ended up in a stalemate. And I'm sitting there like, do I just leave or do I try to win? And then, you know, it's just it's just not really a good map for competitive play, to be honest. Um, and then Arena being removed is. For me personally, a great thing because that was actually my Perma Vito in all three matchups. I didn't like it in any matchup. And then Invader is like, I thought it was okay. It's, it's better than Dusk and Arena for sure. But it's, it's a map some people liked, some people disliked it. And Ruins was just kind of 
I don't know, it was it was like Dusk Towers, but a bit different. Like it wasn't really stalemate, so people were just expand behind rocks and you could never really attack them and then eventually push through the bottom. So I think the removals are particularly great this time. The only thing I have to say about the removals is that I think they're great, but I wonder if it's just because we haven't seen good removals before because there's like so many maps in the map pool that just needed to go. Like, uh, I think everyone was kind of upset when Orena stayed in anyways, like initially. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the fact that, I mean, I think Frozen is like the new map, which is pretty nice, and Frost and King Sage on people still enjoy as well, so I think it's very easy to like the maps that are left over here still, so. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Frozen is definitely the best one. To stay? In the pool. Yeah. yeah Which yeah. one? Frozen. Temple. Frozen. Yeah, I like that map. Yeah, I think everyone likes that map. It's in like literally every like, best of three. Yeah, because Frost is like, it depends so much on the spawning positions. Like if you get close, it's good against Zerg and you get crossed and they just die. And against Protoss, it's the same. Like the spawning positions matter so much. Yeah. That's like, that's like the one thing I hate the most in maps. When there's a four-player map and the spawns matter a lot because then you know even even in tvt you know we see in in tvt when you have a four-player map it's good to do gas first sometimes because they scout you late and then yeah, yeah. that one game you do it you get scouted first and you're already like this map is terrible you know like for i just really hate the random scouting i mean map. i had like you probably had a bunch of these games where like you go reaper expand and he scouts you first and you scout him last and you don't know what he's going for yeah. So sometimes you're supposed to keep making marines till three. Sometimes you want to go instant reactor, but you don't know what he's going for. So you might be going two racks reaper and you just die. Yeah, like I've exactly. had those games and I'm like, well, all right, GG, I guess. Yeah, it's. it's I don't. Just, I don't like four player thing. maps. To yeah. be honest, I think they're crap. But as far as the removed maps, I actually like Tulrina for the reason that it's very different than others, <laughs> and you can do one base all in that map, as well, not as much as Zerg, but as Protoss is turn, you can. I don't agree. To, I don't think you should have like five arenas, you know, in the map pool. But I think you should have one, and I think Dasan Dasan Station is going to replace that. As far as Invader and Ruins, I hated both of those maps, so I'm glad they're removed. Like Invader is just a terrible map. Like there's not much to say about it. But hopefully the new maps. I think the new maps will be better. Um, in my opinion, yeah, it will be like fresh in a way. Yeah. I hope that people learn from the air blockers on Invader. Because I think, like, the air blocker, for example, on, on Gettysburg. Yeah, yeah, like, on Gettysburg, that's an example of good use of air blockers. But the ones on Invader yeah. are, like, you don't even see them. And they're, like, sometimes I kill a war prism because he tries to click it away. And then it still, like, feels like flying around a tower or something. And then it dies. And it's the same with, like... Dude, there were, there were spots where, like, in between, like, let's say, top left and top right, the Vikings get stuck or the Medivacs get stuck just for no reason. It was so annoying. Like, I had so many games where you click and one Liberator, like, goes one way, one goes the other one, and he just dies to Queens. Yeah. And I'm like, why is this in-game? Like, it doesn't help anything. It's, like, so small and irrelevant. It can only mess up, your, you know, the movement and make you lose something. But you don't, like you said, you don't see them, so you can't, like, you know, really avoid them. Yeah. I don't know, I hate it. And, like, the behind the natural invader, like, it's just terrible. Like, yeah, I don't please, think like, yeah. anyone liked that. If there's any there. map maker, never make natural like that. That was terrible. Yeah, when you, like, shift click a liberator and get stuck on the <laughs> it's wall. Just, like... It's just standing, like, it's not <laughs> moving. Like, how? But I, I think that might also be, like, a, a blizzard thing, because the AI with air blockers is really bad. 
Like you know, you know what happens when you send the medevac on New Gettysburg without looking. Like it just, it yeah, just gets stuck in the air blockers. Like yeah. that's that's just. I think the AI needs to improve on that. I, I don't know uh, if you know if that's a map maker issue. I, don't, I feel like on other maps, if you shift click into like uh, you know air blockers, it tries to get in, but after like second or two, it just moves away. Like the shift command gets removed. But on Invader behind the natural, it just doesn't move. Like it, it tries to you know yeah. go through the rocks. Yeah. yeah. And it's super like annoying. Yeah, I, I, the air blockers on Invader just like get everything stuck. Like you're trying to micro a banshee and it's like just dies when you shouldn't usually lose it and stuff. It's very frustrating. Yeah, even if you like a moved like Vikings into it, even though there's nothing to kill, they're gonna get stuck. Yeah. And yeah. All right. So overall, pretty happy with the new maps. I think it's nice the fact that we pretty much got like very fresh maps overall like frozen's the only one that's going to be in for multiple seasons obviously king sager and frost have been in for like a season but like a mini season so i think it's nice and fresh um i think it'll be interesting to see how they play out because i think always with maps like the more you see of them the better of an idea you get and you know the more you can kind of talk about them and actually understand what's good and bad about them as well so so yeah any last words on the maps or nope um i just I mean, I just hope people aren't like too negative beforehand because I really don't think it's that bad. Like everyone was like, "Oh, that's not station, worst map ever," but it's it's probably not even that bad. I think it's a lot better than people expect. Of course, I mean, for example, me and Beastie really hate Apotheosis, and then a lot of Zergs are probably gonna hate that station. But it's kind of like that every map. You know, there's some maps you're just gonna hate and veto, but I I don't think it's that bad. So I guess we're just gonna have to uh, wait and see. Alright, cool. Right, we're going to take a quick three minute break, guys. I'm going to try and fix just a couple of things up as well. When we come back, we're going to very quickly just go over kind of GSL and SSL uh, groups because we had SSL group selection. We had the first two groups of code S. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Pro League and then we're going to very, uh, not going to go into too much depth on the kind of uh, the Queen buff. We're going to discuss it a little bit. Obviously, we don't have a Zerg with us, so we're not going to go into like the whole TVZ balance thing that I was. Uh, I thought that that's what we were here I, for. I'm huh? gonna no, I'm gonna <laughs> roleplay the Zerg. I'll be like, my A move Ultra didn't work anymore, so I needed a buff in early game. <laughs> okay, then we will do some uh, in-depth TVZ analysis as well. Um, and if we've got time, I know there's football coming up and people want to go watch football and stuff too. So if we've got time, we're gonna be taking a couple of viewer questions as well off the Reddit thread or the Team Liquid thread. So go post some questions on there as well if you have any, and we'll uh, do a couple of those towards the very end as well, providing. We have the time. So um, we'll be back in about three minutes, guys. Stay tuned. And yeah, we'll be right back. All right, guys. Welcome back. How are we all doing still? Hope we're all still enjoying the discussions. So um, we're going to move on and talk a little bit about uh, the GSL, the just the Korean leagues, basically. Uh, they just sort of started up again this sort of week, uh, this past week. Uh, Code S. Well, obviously, we've had Code A, but uh, Code S has just started up again. Um, SSL just had its group selection, so that round of 16 is going to be starting very soon. And uh, Pro League actually just wrapped up its final, final round robin games of the year. So there's a few things to talk about. So we're going to just start with GSL. Um, I mean, GSL uh, Group A was started off as a little bit of a shocker, actually. The first uh, match of the Code S season was MC actually taking down Zest, which is... Um, I mean, we saw him do it in Pro League. And, you know, he's been... You know, MC's been impressing us in general, I think. But actually... Take a best of three off Zest was uh, pretty cool. Um, the rest of that group kind of... Uh, Gumiho, after taking down Solar, took down MC, went through in first, and Zest took down Solar, then MC as well. 
I don't think it's really too much of a surprise. I think Gummiho is actually very good right now, and just the fact that MC beat Zest to begin with gives Gummiho a very good chance to move through that group. So I think Gummiho Zest moving through is pretty, um, pretty much to be expected. Uh, maybe Solo could move yeah. through instead of Gummiho. It's like one of them matches where it's like I think any three of those to advance would have been not much of an upset. Maybe if Zest went out, it would have been a sh shock. So, well, I mean, the group A was like. Even though MC beat Zest the first one, it was really predict predictable that they would just lose anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Solar actually got pretty close to beating Zest, which would make MC against Solar, of course, a bit different. But, mm -hmm. I mean, even though MC won the first one, it was still pretty predictable that he would lose. Um, I, I thought the, the Group B was way more surprising with stats not going through. Yeah. Even though I thought he was probably the best Protoss at the moment, which is what a lot of pros players thought. I mean, I know a lot of people are still on the Zest hype trade, but Stats was the one who was actually doing really good recently. Yeah, um, Stats actually uh, beat Kyo. It was actually a day of two O's on uh, Group B. Uh, Stats took down Kyo, but he fell to uh, Myungsik. Uh, which is kind of interesting, because Myungsik always seems to turn up to the round of 32 and just absolutely destroys everybody. Gets to the round of 16 and then just sort of loses again. Like, it's almost as though like, he does so well, and then he just sort of loses everything he had going for him or something. It's... Um... <clears throat> it's a little um, interesting, uh, from my point of view at least. So I don't know. Yeah, it always guys... feels like everyone's like, um, "Young Stick's not going to make it," and then he advances, and then around the sixteen, everyone's like, "Oh, he's actually pretty good," and then he just loses. <laughs> Young Stick, it reminds me of MC. It's like yeah. a better version of MC. Like he he plays very similar with like the all ends, but he just executes them better. I think these days. Yeah, yeah. actually, I agree with that. But uh, they they know how to play macro games, but very often it's like. They open with pressure all in, and if it doesn't work, then they get into like the three base gateway style. But yeah, yeah, yeah. they actually play really similar. Yeah. yeah, the group group one for me, like seeing MC, like kind of like reminding me, like okay, that's MC. Like first game against Zest, plays macro, loses, and it's like ah, fuck <laughs> it, just all ins twice, wins, and it's like yep. okay, like going outside, and I'm thinking like yeah, if you meet Zest again, you're probably not gonna win a game. <laughs> Because you cannot win four games with, you know, one base, four gates. So, like you said, like, I expected also MC, like, even if he won the first one, I didn't really expect him to advance. Because I think the other guys are just, like, better right now. Yeah. And Gumiho against him, like, Gumiho knows MC, you know. Like, MC <laughs> has been playing the same style for years. And I think Gumiho, going into this group, like, he prepared, if he meets MC, he knows that he needs to play defensive, he's going to face all-ins, and, you know, he kind of did defend, he just kind of went through. Like, Gumiho has been really sick lately, to be honest. Yeah, like, yeah. in the Pro yeah, League, really he's been beating, like, really, really good players. I think he's, like, rank 5 in Pro League right now. So, you know, good for him. Zest advancing, not really surprising, but... Yeah, like Ethermo said, stats not advancing is a bit weird for me. Hey, I think like that's the biggest upset. Cure is pretty yeah. good though. I don't think Cure is bad. Um... Cure is like one of those Terrans. Like he's really good, but he's like he's like Myungsink of Terran, except he doesn't all in, but he goes macro. Yeah. Like he does well around a thirty-two, and then he just like <laughs> even even gets a round of eight, but then he just loses, and he like loses a round of eight like three zero. Yeah. But when you look at him, his games, like some of his builds are super good. Like they're super crisp, like three CC openers. But then he just like kind of, you know, dies after that. Kierple is really similar to Innovation used to. He likes to open passively and then in mid game he has like, he's just like a macro player, you know. He yeah, doesn't yeah. have like great micro or anything. It's just 
really good macro, likes to open passively and then just go on the aggressive train. Doesn't really play like late game, it's just like really solid mid game. Mm. But he did make round of four twice, I believe, so he's, he's probably yeah, a bit she, better yeah. than Young Sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. For sure. I always underestimate Kyo. Like, uh, whenever I see him in a group, I'm like, well, like, I, I don't ever like think, oh, this is going you know, he's going to do really well. But then he sort of wins and just reminds you that it's, he's I pretty think darn it's good. Because his playstyle is not, like, memorable. You know, yeah. like, he's not, he's not like Myung Sig, like, all ends with this or that. He's just like, okay, I'm going to make my three CCs, going to make some units, going to push across the map. And then he just kills someone. And I think that's why people, like, underestimate him a bit. Yeah, because they maybe think that it's not gonna work against everyone, or I'm not sure. But he's definitely like uh, top five Terran in Korea, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Um, so a bit of an upset with stats. Everything else more or less expected. A bit sad to see Solo go, but I mean that's just GSL. Um, group C and D play out in this next week, so they're coming up. Uh, Lysira, uh Beyond Seed and Classic in Group C. Yeah. I mean, Bjorn and C, uh, not Bjorn and C, Bjorn and Classic, probably the favorites there. I'd be very surprised. Unless, I'd be very surprised to see Bjorn lose, but he's playing Protoss, so it's quite possible, actually. I, don't know. I, I think Lucera could make it as well. You think? I mean, I, I think Seed's pretty much just dead, and then yeah, I, I agree with the C other three dead. are... I mean, Lucera's always, like, I think he even made round of... He was the only Zerk to make round of eight last season as well. Yeah. I don't know, Bjorn's just so disgustingly good, though. I think because Bjorn plays Lucera first, I think Bjorn beats Lucera, and then even if Bjorn loses the winner's match, I think if he plays Lucera, he'll play Lucera again, likely. I think he'd win again. I think Oh, Lucera, Bjorn is the first one, yeah. I think that's, if, that's pretty if, rough. Yeah, I think if Bjorn went down to a Protoss in the first match and Lucera, like, beat the Protoss players, I could see Lucera getting out, but I don't see yeah. Lucera realistically beating Bjorn or at any point, so... Yeah, I think actually Bjorn is not even that great at PvP, so he's kind of lucky in that regard. Yeah, I think Bjorn goes in first here, actually, and like classic second. Yeah, I think that's what. Mm. Or or like classic first and. Yeah, I would second. I would go for that one. Yeah, 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 because you're right. Like he's gonna meet Lucir again, because Seed is not gonna win, and then Bjorn can just beat up Lucir twice. Yeah. All right. So Group C, nothing too crazy there. Um, group D. Is Tasia, Ragnarok, Maru, and uh, Sue. And um, that's kind of another, like, it should be another one sided group, but we might see a bit of an upset because Maru and Sue play in the first round. So it's like one of them go guys goes to the loser's bracket. So if someone messes up in, you know, if the winner of that messes up in the winner's match, then, um, you know, we could see um, a little bit of an upset. I mean, Ragnarok has uh, multiple times this year been a bit of an upset guy. I mean, the first SSL, he was like, he knocked out Innovation in the winner's bracket. He had a huge run in SSL in the first uh, season, so... Yeah, he crushed Bjorn as well. Yeah, yeah, so... He's... Uh, I actually think so. Ragnarok will probably go to the winner's match over Tasia. Um, so if Ragnarok can pull off a bit of an upset, then maybe we don't see Maru or Sue advance. Um, it's kind of brutal that Maru and Sue play first. I think that's probably the main talking part, point of this. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think... I just think Maru's, like, a very clear first there. Yeah. And then... I mean, Maru is not gonna lose to Teja on a TVT. I can I can tell you that. <laughs> His, yeah. Like Maru's weakness right now is probably TVP as well. So this is probably the perfect group for him to be first. And then, like I'm a I'm a pretty big Sue fan. I would love to say Sue second, but I really haven't seen that much impressive out of him lately. Yeah, I really like Sue, but I actually think Ragnarok is gonna advance here with Maru. 
I don't think Tejja, like, maybe he surprises, but I don't think he's going to advance. Nah, I don't think... I, I think Tejja, like, posted a tweet today or something, it's like, yeah, I'm getting promoted in Overwatch again, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought. <laughs> so, you know... Like, the, the thing is, like, even if he practice, I think Ragnarok would wipe the floor with him. For, like, yeah. from the games I've seen from Ragnarok, like, he's not, like, you know, he's not dark, right? But yeah. I think he's better than Tejja, for sure. And Sue is like, he, he either comes out as a god or he comes out as like complete trash from what mm -hmm. I've seen. Like, he either does really well or he's just like, oh, okay. So it depends, you know, which one comes out when they play. But I think Maru first and Dragonrock goes second. I think anyone could be second, really. Okay. Okay, mate. I, I think Maru first and one of the Zergs in second place, personally, so. I, I don't, unless Teja like comes out with like this miracle sort of set of matches again, I just don't see it happening. Alright, um, let's move on to SSL. So we haven't had any SSL played out yet, but it will start playing out this week, July 14th, for the first group, Group A. Um, it was group uh, group uh, selection this week. I'm not actually sure how it went down. I didn't actually get to see it myself. Um, so just to go through the groups, I mean, let's just talk about the one that's going to be playing this week, uh, which is going to be Dark Trust, Alive and Zest. Uh, with Dark and Trust and Alive versus Zest as like the starting matches. Um, I mean, I think Dark and Zest have to be the favourites, but Trust can definitely upset, and so can Alive, actually. Um, it's actually a pretty close group with some favourites, but upset's definitely possible. Mm, I This group is pretty hard to predict, actually. I, I don't think Trust is going to do well. No, I, just, I don't have a feeling he's going to do well, and then like, Alive is going to get slaughtered by Zest. Yeah. But I, I think Alive could be Dark. So I think it's like, if Zest gets first, then Alive could be second. But if Alive just plays Zest twice, he's just gonna get, he's just gonna die. Yeah, I think Alive loses to Zest. I think actually Zest loses to Dark, and then Alive beats Dark, and then Trust probably loses to everyone. Zest loses to Dark. Yeah, I think Dark can beat Zest. Yeah, but then Alive plays Zest and not Dark. No, 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 but I'm saying, like, the, depending how the matchups go, like, oh, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. you know, Alive just loses to Zest, like, straight up, doesn't matter which match it is, then yep. Alive beats Dark, and Dark beats Zest. So it depends, like, how the matches go from the start. So in that way, it's probably going to be Dark first and Zest secondary. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's... Because, like, realistically, yeah, Dark is practicing me. ZVP the most, because he's expecting Zest to win, right? Yeah. So he just needs to play two ZVPs in a row. Yeah. Depends. Alright. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a good prediction, actually. I'm going to go with that as well. Yeah, I'm, I don't think Alive's going to upset. I think it'd be cool if he did, but... Well, at the same time, I don't want to see Doc out because we've got so few Zergs in this tournament. <laughs> it'd be nice yeah. to see uh, one go into the round of eight. And Solo's group is actually pretty tough. Um, I mean, just because it was group selection, let's very quickly just look at the other groups. I mean, Group B, Stats, Bomber, Dia, Gumiho. That's actually pretty close. Uh, Bomber's been playing on and off lately. Diaz's been looking good, so it's Gummyho, Stats. Well, you guys think he's great, so... I mean, that can go any which way, right? Um, I'm gonna I'm go sure. Gummyho first. Yeah? I'm on the Gummyho hype train. He's been playing so well lately. Like, like Stats like stats didn't advance in GSL. Uh, so, like, his, you know, skilling in, in my eyes goes down. Okay. I think he's gonna like kill Bomber, and then I think Gumiho might even lose to Deer, but I think he's gonna advance. Maybe not first, but I think he's gonna advance. I think 
Stats is going to be first and they're second. Really? You yeah. believed in that uh, depth type? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like when Gumeo plays Pro League, best of one kind of fits his style. It's like plays a bit, you know, weird and all over the place. And if he really has to play multiple series, I mean, let's be honest, MC is just not as good as these two Protosses here. That's true. So I, I don't know. I, I, I really think Gumeo can win, but I think the two Protoss is probably going to advance in the end. And I think Stats is a bit better, so he's going to be first. All right. Cool. Um, group C and D, just to go through them, we won't talk about them because they're a long while away, but uh, Group C is going to be Solo, Super, Beyond, and Classic, which is my personal group of death in this uh, set of groups, I think. And then Group D, Patience, Cure, Reality, and TY, that'll play out in just over three weeks. So that's the beginning of August. So that's SSL. So again, that's going to be on Thursday. So pretty sick having uh, kind of like GSL and SSL back again. So like Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays, all with Curie and StarCraft. It's pretty nice. Um, all right, let's move on to Pro League. So Pro League finished up its last set of round robin for the year. And it's actually been a really interesting round of Pro League, uh, most of all because oh, yeah. SKT have dropped down. So before we very quickly talk about that, I just want to very quickly sort of talk about how important these playoffs are, especially the first match, because for the end of the year playoffs, we already have three teams confirmed, which are Jinair, KT, and SKT. Um, and Jinnia and KT are already going to go... <coughs> KT are in the best position. It kind of depends on how teams finish as to who finishes where, but, you know, them three teams are through. But Frika and CJ can still actually advance to the end of the year playoffs, and they actually play in the first round of the playoffs here. So that's going to be a really important match, and the winner of that goes to the end of the year playoffs. So that's going to be pretty intense. Um, we'll talk about the playoff bracket a little bit earlier. I just wanted to point out that that's uh, kind of going to be a really important match. I mean, we saw some Pro League today. Um, and uh, today and yesterday we've actually been had five matches the last couple of days. A lot of close matches. Four of the matches go into the ace. Um, anything, any any that you guys watched that kind of really stood out? Or um, well, I think two biggest things I noticed were first of all SKT doing bad. Of course, that's what everyone yeah. uh, talks about. And the second of all is that Africa freaks uh, an MVP. I've been doing really well, but it's always just like one player for some reason. Like Africa Freaks beat SKT because Patience won twice, and they only advanced today because Curious won twice. So it's always like it's never that they win 3-0. It's always like one guy stepping up and then winning the ace match, uh, which is pretty cool. And MVP is kind of a sad story because of how hard Gumio has been carrying them and then them not advancing. Yeah. Like uh, you, you said before, Gumio was was really high in pro league, but I don't think people realize how good he's actually been doing. Like they won two clan wars purely because he won his normal match and the ace match against both Africa and um, SKT, which is really uh, sick. He's only dropped one map this uh, this round, and that was to uh, Cure. But he's beaten this round. Gumiho has beaten Gumiho. Uh, no, sorry, Gumiho has beaten uh, Hurricane. Lost to Cure, and then he beat uh, MC. And he beat Patience, and Patience twice, actually. And then he's won twice against SKT as well, against Classic and Innovation. That's really, like, a really impressive round of Pro League. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't get to watch all these matches. I played out the last couple of days. Um, I think there's been... Actually, I think there's, like, a few upsets in a row, and all of these teams must have been, like, yes, because, like, they're, like, you know... The matches were so important to like, get into the playoffs. So, like, CJ took down Samsung 3-2, which is probably a fairly even matchup, I think, nowadays. CJ aren't, like, on top of their game lately. 
but then MVP beat SKT like 3 2, then Afrika beat KT 3 2, Samsung beat Jinair 3 2, then SKT actually beat CJ <laughs> as well. Like, it's really, um, it's been quite a quite a close couple of days. Again, I didn't, can't really think of anything that like stood out for me personally. Um, just been interesting to see all these teams kind of taking matches off each other and some upsets and stuff, mm. I think. If, I think it's pretty pretty cool. Like just as I said, Africa and MVP, but also CJ. Like all these teams are always getting carried by one player. Like if you look yeah. at CJ's matches, yeah, it's, it's Hero true. winning like twice every time. And then even in the matches they lost, it's either him winning the normal one and then losing the ace, or just him winning and the rest of his team losing. It's it's pretty sick how how even though you would expect it to be like a team effort, most of the teams being carried pretty hard by one player. Yeah, I think like CJ versus Africa, it's gonna be you know between Hero and Patience or Super, depending who they put. But you know, if Hero loses one game, I think CJ might lose the whole thing. I think Africa, like even though you would expect CJ to be better, I think Africa has a deeper lineup for sure. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have a better lineup. Curious, alive, patient, super. It's actually a pretty sick lineup. Yeah, that's why. Like, if Hero loses, I think that's it. He needs to win, and then they need to go to ace match, and he needs to win again. Yeah. So, do you think uh, Fika are going to beat CJ in the all kill section here of the playoffs? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think Africa is going to win. I'm going to predict Africa for that yeah. one. It's a huge yeah, one. Uh, like they yeah. just need to prepare against Hero. Once he's dead, it's like okay. Is it is it like the winner of them advances to like the pro league finals, or yeah. does like one yeah, of them yeah. need to so, go further as well? No, no, no. So it's between it's between Afrika and CJ as to who advances in fourth place. So, or I think they may be able to advance in third place as well if they like go further. But to get there is just whoever wins this. So it's like a really big match, probably the biggest match. Oh yeah, they're only there. five points off each other. Yeah, wow. so it's pretty <laughs> sick. Yeah. So that's going to be really important. Um, that's actually getting yeah. played out July sixteenth. That's really soon. Wow. So that's in the next week or so. That's on Saturday. Wait, yeah. all of these are all kill. Yeah, yeah, so Africa CJ so, and the winner versus Jinnah and the winner versus yeah, Africa's gonna win. Africa's gonna win and then they're gonna get slaughtered by Jinnah and then yeah. Jinnah is probably gonna be a pretty good match. Yeah. For I'm some reason I feel like KT loses to Jinnah a lot. I'm not sure if I'm right on that, it's just what it feels um, like. I think KT lost to Jinnah last time, didn't they? In like the round playoffs or something. Yeah, Rogue Rogue yeah. beat them, I think. Oh, no, oh, is it, it was the ace match. Yeah, Mario winning the ace match against Zest. Is that your oh, yeah, in the playoff finals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 sorry. And in the last, um, you know, round-robin match, they lost as well in the ace match with Rogue beating Zest. Yeah. Twice, actually. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're actually right. Jinnah seemed to have beaten KT every time. Yeah, 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 you're right as well. And Dachi, uh, Jinnah beat um, KT in the first round playoffs as well, so they're actually really... Um, on top of KT. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's looking good. I'll yeah. go in there. <laughs> Calculated. Um, I'm not sure exactly how things finish up. So, I mean, KT and Jinnah are already ahead of SKT. So, SKT are not going to be straight into that finals. Jinnah are actually very far ahead overall. So, I'm not sure exactly how it uh, plays out for... I don't know if uh, KT can actually overtake Jinnah anymore. I'm not sure how exactly the final playoffs play, but that's something we'll see kind of uh, come over, uh, come out over the next kind of couple of weeks, I guess. All right, so I mean, Pro League again is definitely worth kind of rewatching some of those matches from this weekend. I think just because they're all so close, and um, I, there was definitely some good games. I didn't again get to watch in depth myself, but 
I think like for playoffs, like Africa wins, they get all killed by Junior, and then Junior beats KT. Yeah, I, I think I like feel the same. like like uh, Junior has so many like dangerous players. I think like KT is more solid, but Junior has like few players that can just all kill KT. Yeah, but I feel like you know someone like um, I don't know Ty or Zez, they're not gonna all kill Junior. They're just solid, but they can be, you know, taken out yeah. pretty easily. Yeah, so I think they're Gener- gonna win, and then they'll be like in the finals of the overall thing, and then I think they win again. I think Jenner is probably the favorite this year, for me at least. It's pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, Jenner is not really. They were in the was Jenner in the finals last year against SKT, right? I'm not sure. No, it was KT SKT, wasn't it? Was, or was, it, was it that the year before? The year before? On, it might have been. I yeah, think it was, it was, it was SKT. It was SKT Jenna. Yeah. Oh, and then SKT one. Mm. I assume. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah know, like Maru is just sick Sora, right huh? now. Yeah, Maru is uh, doing really good. Um. Okay, so that's that's Pro League GSL and SSL again. We're just sort of getting into it. I mean, group stage is just kicking off for the individual leagues, and obviously Pro League will have playoffs soon, which is going to be interesting as well. So keep your eyes open for that. And that's going to bring us to our final kind of set topic for the night, which is going to be the balance patch. Everyone's favorite one. Again, we don't have a Zerg, so we're not going to kind of, um, apart from BCQD, pretend to be a Zerg. We're just going to have, um, <laughs> we're just going to kind of get the Terran thoughts on this. We're not going to really kind of create too much of a discussion. Um, but I mean, the balance patch, just to very quickly go through it and to tell you guys what happened. So it's basically like, a, oh my God, we need to fix ZVT sort of thing. Uh, yeah. where they were just like where they've um buffed queens and spores so it's basically they feel as though a lot of the issue is kind of early game aggression from the terran players and so they've given the spore crawler the route decreased time i think everyone was quite happy with that one because it helps with liberator harassment i don't think that's one we really need to talk about unless you guys have anything specific to say about it i think that's been fairly well accepted and kind of overlooked yeah really. i, don't I think mean yeah if you compare it to the queen patch, it doesn't even yeah, exactly. look like anything. So the queen patch is the the one everyone's been talking about, which is the fact that the anti-air for the queens is now almost as high as a siege tank or something. Um, so anti-air weapon range increased from seven to eight. So it you know on paper to like a casual viewer, so like it's like you might have to look at it and be like, well, that's not very much, but it's actually pretty um, pretty. Um, crazy how much it affects the tvz matchup especially like it's gonna have very minor effects on like zvp like against phoenix and defending oracles and war prisms uh but against terran which is really kind of harassment based early game with medivacs and liberators and so on this really changes like the early game of zvt uh you feel what's i mean what's your thoughts on it just i mean as as an update and how much it's affected the matchup you know what what can you tell us um I think it's changed quite a lot actually. I mean, I think this this patch is like for for European Terrans is weird because in Korea the Terrans were dominating the Zerks really hard, but it wasn't like that in in Europe. So it kind of feels like they're just patching for like one region and it's kind of negative negatively affecting us, you know. But I mean, I've definitely noticed a lot of change. Like for example, a lot of people are now instead of having to make Road Ravager, they just stay on links because they can make more queens now. And the the biggest issue I have with this is that, you know, Terran is just weaker in the late game than Zerg. So if you make it 
too easy for them to survive in the early game, then it always get to the late game and Zerx will end up steamrolling. But to be honest, I haven't really uh, experienced too much difficulty. Like I've just I've just lost a couple games. I won my game, so I can't really tell yet. But it, it, it just feels like something that might end up bad, especially for EU Terrans. Do you think you lost to Stefano because of Queen Pant? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like I mean, it. Of course, like it, it looks kind of stupid because like the queen got patched, and then you look at the results, and I got crushed by sort of and Nurcio and Stefano. So it's easy to draw conclusions like, "Yep, guys, the queen." But I mean, <laughs> my series against Stefano, I didn't really care about it, so I, I can't say much about that against sort of. It was just, um, I mean, I don't even. I played like one macro game, and the queens weren't even really that involved in it. I think so. I can't say too much. But, I mean, it, it, it looks a bit harder, but it's not like Zergs have perfected the early game yet. So, it doesn't look too bad as of now. Uh, I think, like, what you said earlier is Terran was better than Zerg in the early game, but Zerg is better than Terran in the late game. So, you can't yeah. just buff queens and then be like, well, you know those ultras with eight armor, like, fuck it, just leave them there. Like, you can't do that. Like... You know, it's it's very simple. I think it makes sense. Like, if you nerf a race in the early game, you need to buff them somewhere else where the problem is clearly lacking. You know, like, um, it was basically Terran was good in the early game. It was I felt it was even in the mid game. And then in the late yeah. game, it shifts to Zerg. But now it's like the Terran can't pressure, so the Zerg can pull out more drones. And then the Zerg is ahead in mid game because of that, because the meta is, like, shifting and they can get away with more greedy things um, and then in the late game it's a bit even stronger because they had better economy throughout the game so I feel like I don't mind the queen change if they would uh, you know nerf ultra armor by two just to make it so that Terrence can transition er like easier into the late game and not just die to you know the first ultras that pop up because I, I actually think that ultras I don't think they're overpowered, but I, what the problem is, a lot of the times they just come out eight at once and you can't kill them, even if you have ghosts. You know, you have like five, six, seven ghosts because you just can't pump out that many ghosts, you know, that fast. So yeah. I don't think ultra eight armor is a problem, um, but it needs to be toned down. Because a lot of the turns that, for example, my games, like I like I like playing late game, a lot of the times that I do die to ultras, it's just because they just counter push me with ultras and I die because I don't have enough time to to you know make everything. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I really liked is someone suggested that the ultra armor upgrade is split into two, so you upgrade plus two and then plus two more, and that would give the turns you know, chance to, to, you know, get more Marauders, get Siege Tanks, get Liberators, and so on. Because yeah. I think getting, you know, 8 armor from the start is a bit too much. But this way, you would keep the, you know, unkillable Ultras by Marines. But you would still have a little bit of time in turn to prepare. Because the, you know, the upgrades would be, you know, basically, the research time would be doubled. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I... I was just going to say, it's crazy how often you see like a Terran player who's fighting just as the Ultras first come out, you're fighting them and you're actually sort of killing them fairly easily. And then all of a sudden, yeah. 
the kite is playing finishes and the Terran just has absolutely no way of killing them, so they just have to back away. So something like, yeah. you know, splitting the arm upgrade up might be a smart way to go to kind of help that um, kind of initial sort of... It's like, it's almost as though it's just the surge... Like you said, like the surge of sudden Zerg late game just sort of hits so much faster. Yeah, it switches it, it, so much faster from mid game to late game for Zerg than Terran or so. Yeah, it goes from like a trash unit, like the Ultras, to like unkillable unit, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. In like Very two much. second upgrade. Like I've had games where there's literally two Ultras and five Queens and I can't kill the Ultras because of mass Marine. Yeah. And I have like 60 Marines and they just don't die. I don't like that. If I, Like I said, I would be fine with ultras keeping the the full armor that i have now it just like either increase the research time or, or on chitinous i think that's the best or split it into the two researches like in brood war you know the ultra had movement speed upgrade and then the armor upgrade because this way it's just like you know goes from like a complete garbage unit to you know godlike unit and i don't really like that to be honest yeah. Well, personally, I'm just not really a fan of like the the hero unit kind of thing. Like, I mean, of course, you can counter an ultra this guy making ghost and stuff, but I, I really don't like the idea that even if you would like have seventy supply of bio, if there's like three ultras, you know, it's just I don't really like that that you have to make a specific unit to counter that. I also think a lot of people and like in the history of the Starcraft, the best games have been when like someone is really good with like basic units like marine splits or, for example life with the zerglings and you know uh, stuff like that is for me a lot better like the changes i had in mind was that they should instead of buffing the queen because like the queen is one of those units where you're just scared like the, you know what happened the last time they buffed the queen like it's a <laughs> it's a slow unit that's a really good support unit uh you can't really attack at it but you can make like the un undefeatable army which is worrisome so the changes i had in mind was that they should nerf the ultra disc and then they should nerf uh, the early game, uh, that you know, the Terran early game, uh, or just nerf Liberators, and then nerf Protoss in some way. I'm not sure how they should nerf Protoss. Like in, in, EU, in EU, everyone just thinks Protoss is kind of OP. I mean, it's it's just, just me. I'm not just saying this for you know, give me a better win rate, David. But everyone just kind of agrees that Protoss is a bit too strong in Europe, and. I, I personally don't like the Liberator unit either, and it's a bit too strong against the ground and need to make specific units to counter it. So I would just like it if they nerf the Ultron and nerf the Liberator so it's easier for Zerg to deal with you know, early harassment. And the Liberator will also be less strong against Protoss, which would require them to nerf Adepts or you know, uh, probably Adepts, now I, I think about it. And then it should be a lot better than now you're just having like every race having like this insanely strong unit and you need to make like a specific counter to counter them and you always get stuck in the same situations rather than being able to win by micro or something like that. I I personally like really dislike hard counters. Like I think every unit should be able to deal with any unit if you have enough of them. But I, I like soft counters like uh, Marauder for example. It doesn't hard counter ultra but it's soft counters. And I don't like, uh, you know, having Ultra just completely destroy Marines, but then you have Ghosts that completely destroy Ultra. To me, that's stupid. Because yeah. it's like, if you don't have one, even though you're ahead in supply, you just lose. To me, it doesn't seem right, you know? And I think every unit should be, like, you should have soft counters, but not hard counter. You should still be able to kill certain units. It doesn't matter if it's supposed to counter it, but if the numbers are, you know, just bigger on one side, they should win. 
Yeah. Um, I think if they nerf the Liberator, um, you know, in a major way, like cu cutting the damage in half, I think they would need to nerf a lot of the units in general to make it more balanced. Um, but I think the bl bl like Blizzard would never take that step, you know, to go like, oh yeah, we're gonna nerf the Liberator ground attack to half. Because that would, you know, that would start so many things. Like, then the Liberator cost is not worth the unit, and then you need to change the cost or the supply. And I think that's too much changing for Blizzard. Like, as you can see, the patches they do are super small. Like, one change at a time. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think they would ever go for something like that. Well, I, I don't like that, but it is what it is. A lot of people in the community were suggesting that they should go the buffing route instead of the nerfing route. But I really don't like the the superhero approach. Like, if you, if you think about it, an, an Ultralisk is just... If you're just playing bio, like for example, in the Heart of the Swarm, uh, Ultras were, like, good if you were, like, attacking the Zerg, but you couldn't really attack with them, and that's kind of, like, the role they had if you went... If you only had bio units, you were, you were able to deal with Ultras, but if you attacked on creep, you would probably just die to the Ultra. Yeah. Uh, and now it's, like... One, if you if you attack someone by you do a two two timing, you kill his fourth, and it's like three ultras coming out, and you have one hundred eighty supply. You need to like run through your base. You need to make like eight liberators. You need twenty five ghosts. You need like a triple wall of like command centers, and then like you barely survive. You know what I mean? Like of course it's over exaggerated, but the ultra is an actual superhero right now, and it's just kind of silly. Yeah, that's what I don't like as well. Like. You you have games where you know Zerg Nidus isn't your main base with two ultras and you have Liberator Bio but you can't kill it because <laughs> it keeps moving and the Bio doesn't do damage and then he just moves out of Liberation Zone. That's what I don't like. I don't like that. But that's just one of the things I mean because you like you, know, you and I both know you can't counter that. It's not unbeatable. It's just the fact that you need such a specific counter rather than just yeah, being yeah, able yeah. to micro or something. Yeah, yeah, that's I don't. Obvious to me. Like a good example of that is. Um, for example, Zerg defending uh, Terran harass early game. You can defend most of the harasses with Link Queen or Roach Queen. You don't need to make like five Ravagers to defeat a certain push. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to tech to Hydras to defend certain push. You can do it with basic units. And I think that's how it should be the whole game. Like you can kill stuff with basic units. It's just some things are better against them. Yeah. And I think that's how it should be. And not just like, oh shit, well he has this unit and I don't have the counter for it, let's let's GG out. I don't really like that, that approach to the game. Alright, so, I mean the queen buff we think is maybe not the right way to approach and not the right way to fix, slash they should have paired it with something at the same time to like help because now Terran's going to be a bit weaker early game and is still kind of struggling late game. Um... I don't know, like, I, I, I've talked to, like, a couple of Zergs who I asked to come on the show but couldn't make it on, and they, a lot of the Zergs say, obviously they like the Queen buff, I don't think anyone's going to say they don't like it, but they, a lot of them agree that it's not the correct buff to be made, and it's not really a smart way to kind yeah. of move forwards. Um, I think, I think that's what everyone sort of agrees on. I think... I wanna... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. No, sorry. I, I was just going to say, I think, like... Buffing the queen is gonna like it's like a really good it's maybe like a really good way like short term to maybe fix Zerg if they're really struggling early game, but like in the long term they really need to make some more major changes because otherwise, it's just it's just not. I I just think like short term is fine to like maybe very quickly fix something, but they need something better to kind of help us out 
or help the matchup out in general in the long term. So, um, I yeah. want to sure. I want to mention something that this is completely balanced, not related to balance. Like me personally, I'm still doing fine in TVZ. I've played it after patch. I maintain more or less the same win rate. So this is not complaining about balance. This is what I don't like what Blizzard is doing. Every time, uh, I can't talk about this for other races. I'm going to talk for my own because, you know, I play Terran. Uh, every time there's a playstyle that Terran uses and abuses because it's just bad at that point, Blizzard just kind of like shuts it down. Instead of tweaking some things and allowing the playstyle to keep going, they just like slam it. And for me as a player, not, not as a competitor, not as a viewer, for as a player, it ruins the, the fun for me. When I... I Played Legacy of the Void beta like really early. Like I was one of the first guys that transitioned. There were so many builds you can do. And some people said like, oh yeah, but that was the beginning. Sure. But in beta you could do Sky Turn, you could do one base liberator builds against Zerg. You could do mech against Zerg, you could do mech against Protoss. And Blizzard kinda just killed that throughout the time. Like uh when Cyclones were good, they used to have two hundred health. Now they are like pretty much garbage and I understand they're supposed to have a role in the game but killing a unit completely so you can't make it because it's just too trash I don't think is the way to go like I personally I played mech in hots and I want to play mech but blizzard's approach to patches is just like this is too strong just fuck it and they just completely remove it from the game uh, it happened with mech against Zerg with Cyclone Hellion. I thought that it was really interesting. It was new. It was fresh. It was fun for me. Then they nerfed it. Then I we figured out the Sky Terran with Liberators and Banshees. They, they fucked that over as well by nerfing Liberator against Air. Was Liberator too strong at that point? Sure. But you don't need to kill the unit, you know, to... to, to nerf it. You can nerf the Liberator, but buff Viking or buff something else so we can deal with Corruptor. And I feel like that's what they're doing with Queens now again. Again, balance aside, I'm, I, guys, I'm doing fine in TVZ. That's not the point. Uh, point is, by doing this Queen buff, you're, you're going to see slowly shifting from the meta into more stale meta. Because right now, it's just not worth for Terran to go Cloak Banshee or for Terran to go Single Liberator Harass. And you just killed two openings for Terran. You're like they're killing the fun in the game, not the balance. The balance doesn't matter; it can be fixed always. They're killing the the, the choices I have. There's now two builds in TVZ, and before the past there were like six, seven I could use. And I think in ZVP, like Protosses are gonna use Stargate less and less. The the opening itself, because I've seen some games where Phoenix or Oracle just do way less than they did last patch and they're just less efficient, and the Zerg gets away with more things. So they're technically just killing off Stargate tech early on, slowly. It's not going to go you know, in a week, but eventually players are going to figure out different builds. And um, like I said, balancing and tweaking is fine, but killing off playstyles just because you know, Liberators were too strong or something is something I really, really disagree with. And I think that's completely the wrong way to go with it. And again, this is from me as a player. Right now, Terran is becoming less and less fun for me. Like, I have more fun playing off races in Terran. Because there's just not a lot of things you can do. Like, I want to be able to play Sky Terran. 
I want to be able to play late game against Protoss or Zerg, and I want to be able to play mech, but none of those are viable. They're, they're just complete trash, to be honest. Okay, so like, your problem with the Queen buff is sort of that it's pushing like openings, you know, it's pushing like certain openings away from the meta, certain openings aren't going to be as good anymore, and they're not doing anything to help create new openings or anything they're yeah. just they're shutting down openings but they're not you know they need to make more than just the queen change because the queen change is just a general change to make queens better straight up and nothing becomes worse and so everything is going to be more easily defended a little bit and so on and so on so i think what we're basically all agreeing on is that you know we just need to see maybe just more changes at the same time to like trick things or yeah. change things in a different way it's just like a buff which or this buff in general has just been a buff to make a lot of stuff just straight up better but hasn't uh, and that's just going to shut certain things down instead of leaving things to be viable i guess like the the thing is like i'll give stupid example right every time you change something that's going to possibly shut down the openers you should buff something else from that race not like mm. as like give it more damage no just give it something that you can play with like i'll give really dumb example this is the first thing that popped in my mind let's say now they did queen buff give something to the viking that can possibly poke the queens deal with queens in some way so maybe you have the opener not single liberator but you can open liberator and viking and it's going to help the liberator somehow or i don't know give viking some rockets that shoot on the ground you know it doesn't have to be super good it just needs to be different like i don't I, like the game in hots for me was terrible i hated starcraft in hots every game in tvz it was three cc off of four six aliens into bio it was terrible and then people figured out mech and then i started playing the game again because it was fun and i think we're going into we're like you know the we have this like triangle we were at the bottom in legacy beta and it's just going towards the top as far as the build options go and we just have less and less build options and i think that's really bad way of balancing and changing the game okay in the long run i mean do you have any thoughts on this sort of stuff mark do you agree or well i mean viking shooting rockets sounds like fun. <laughs> no, no, i mean i'm just giving a you know a silly example yeah, it doesn't have to I do know. that like i'm just kidding just just do anything but make it more fun i like we're playing games because they're fun i'm not playing game to be cost efficient or to be fucking build order efficient you know like even you and me we play starcraft because we like playing it and it's fun but if they keep like shutting down builds it's just not fun like that's what it comes down to and you know we get money for for playing but what about the guy in you know bronze or silver or gold leak it, it's not fun if you do the same shit over and over again um, yeah, I agree with the general line of shutting down openers but the balance patches are just purely a balancing you know I mean if they for example Terran was doing great against Zerg in Korea then they're gonna you know buff the Queen and the Spore to deal with Terran and that's just like an effort to make it like 50-50 or, you know, 52-48 or whatever it is. They're not trying to make the game more fun for anyone. It's just purely like a, a win statistics kind of thing. But is it worth to kill a game for everyone else just so you can make it balanced for 20 people in Korea? <sighs> I mean... It's a, it's a tough question because it's like... yeah. It depends what you want to achieve, and obviously you want to achieve balance, but they need to find the balance, like, you know, the, the tipping point between balancing the game and keeping the game fun and fresh and, you know, 
interesting to play as well, I think. Yeah, but that's the thing. They're not keeping it fresh. Right, exactly. That's that's what I think is like, maybe what they need to do. Like, try and find ways Just to experiment. Like, it. look at other games. You know, League of Legends, this game, that game. They keep changing it. They, they don't change it because it's balanced. They change it because it's fucking old. Like, you know, like, you want to... Like, Raven has been this way for... Like, I'll, I'll give Raven an example. Raven has been this way since Legacy of the Void beta. Why don't you change it? No one uses the unit. It's fucking terrible. You don't need to make it Imba. You just need to change it so that people would use it. Give it a different role, you know? But if you just keep it this way, it will just keep going down and, you know, sinking, basically. I don't know. No, I, no, I get you. Like, you may as well at some point just sort of, like, try and... Um... Yeah, I, I just think in general, I think the approach to... It's like when the Legacy of the Void Bear started, they were like, we're going to change things and we're going to really make dramatic changes and we're not afraid to test stuff. And now it's like they're back to like really boring changes and changes which seem to be very, very, yeah, we... very disappointing to kind of play the game with, I guess. Yeah, we were promised a lot of things, like huge patches every six months. I haven't seen a single patch that was like, holy shit, yeah. like, I can't believe they're doing this. It's just like... Oh, they're increasing range of a unit by one, sick, in the last three months, you know? It's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, just, I just care about, like, I think it's important that all the units are viable. In, yeah, yeah. No yeah. matter what way. Like, I don't know if you saw that post Nurcho made a while ago, but it was, like, basically a, a picture showing all the units that are viable, and Protoss could basically make any unit work. I mean, even if you think about it, you, you probably can't think of a Protoss unit that they can't make. Um, and yeah, Zerg, like, Zerg that... and Terran don't have that as much. Like, for example, people, like, if you're a casual viewer, you probably don't even know the Bella Cruisers are unit. <laughs> um, the Raven is like, the li literal, the only use a Raven has is like to detect Cloak Banshees early on or to throw one PDD against Protoss if you like that kind of openers. And then you have the Thor, which is like. I'm not even going to start on a tour. It's just, it's it's pretty important that you can make yeah, every that... unit because there a lot of people are complaining. It's like, little Terrans are making bio and complaining that they're not winning every game by just making basic units. But I mean, we kind of have to make it, you know. It would be it would be so much fun if you could actually make a battle cruise and it'd be good. Like I can't even imagine that feeling. <laughs> I feel like a, a little kid talking about it, and I'm like, oh, can I make a battle cruiser? <laughs> like it just sounds very exciting to be able to make. Battle cruises and Thors. Yeah, I agree, like hundred <laughs> percent. Like again, this is not talk about balance, but Protoss doesn't matter what league you are. You can make all units, and you can use all the units. Terran and Zerg just can't. Like there's some matchups where you, if you don't make certain units, you die. You're dead. But Protoss has like a lot of playstyles that they can use, and not necessarily like, you know, Void Rays, for example. They're not used in pro games, but they're used in lower leagues. Units like Raven, Thor's Swarmhost, they're not used anywhere. Because they're just they're just bad. Oh, you Swarmhost in Pro League. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Well, there's a pretty, uh, we've just said some uh, pretty interesting points. So um, I think we'll just wrap it up there because it leaves a lot to kind of think about. And I think we've, I think we've all sort of said our things. I think there's a lot, you know, we can go around in circles saying it and discussing it, but... I think it's a good point to sort of call things off. Um, we've run on for a pretty good amount of time, so we're actually just going to kind of end this year. In the future episodes, we might do some viewer questions and stuff at the end, but uh, not this time around. So we're just going to start wrapping things up. So, uh, Euthermal, any shout-outs anywhere people can follow you? Go for it. 
I mean, uh, thanks for having me. Always like these talk shows. I mean, uh, maybe next time if we're not uh, getting interfered by a Euro Cup final, we can uh, go for a bit longer <laughs> and finish the topics. But uh, uh, thanks for having me. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Ethermo and uh, subscribe to my stream if you like frogs. <laughs> Make sure you get the ability yeah. to frog up. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's, that's the a... thing. <laughs> All right, uh, and Beastie, yourself. Um, thanks for having me. Anyone can follow me on Twitter, Beastie Cutie, Facebook. It's just updates on what I'm doing, streaming and stuff. And my stream, Twitch.tv/slash Beastie Cutie. I'm I'm trying to stream pretty much every day. Some days are harder because there's too many tournaments these days. So it's kind of hard to fit in. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Alright, cool. Then, just for me, obviously, guys, thanks for watching. This was obviously the first episode, so um, it was a little bit shaky at the start. I've already started to figure out some things that sort of to make it better. Um, if you do have any feedback for the show, I'd love to hear it. There's a Team Liquid thread, there's a Reddit thread. I'll stick around in the Twitch chat for a bit after as well if you have any sort of feedback. Um, obviously, it's a little bit of a shame we couldn't get a, uh, an extra guest on. Honestly, like, I, I, I swear down, I tried and messaged so many people to try and get a final guest. It just didn't happen. So hopefully we'll have uh, four people next time. Um, the show is going to be kind of like a, a regular thing. So like not necessarily every once every week or once every two weeks, but just like maybe like twice a month or so, just depending on when there's stuff to talk about and that sort of thing. Um, so if you did enjoy, kind of again, just leave feedback in the TL thread or the Reddit thread or in the Twitch chat after the stream goes offline so I can actually read it. And um, yeah, I mean, again, obviously hit the follow button on the stream, see when I'm live. I'm streaming pretty much every single day with events and casting, um, apart from I go to Valencia this week, so I'm going to be gone from Tuesday through Sunday. Uh, but then when I come back, it's like WCS qualifiers that week, so I'm going to be live pretty much every day. So just follow the stream, you can follow me on Twitter at WardyXO. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Obviously, thank you to you, Fermo and BCQD, for joining me for the first show. It's always a... I know the first show can always be a little bit, like, strange because it's like you don't know how it's going to go and stuff like that. So thank you guys for your time and uh, your thoughts and insight, of course. And, um, yeah, thank you, everyone, for watching. Again, leave some feedback because I'd love to improve and to keep this uh, kind of improving and getting better and better. So hit me up. And uh, other than that, guys, thanks for watching, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.